All right, team. Welcome back to Monday Morning Dad podcast. Ben, what's going on, brother? What's, what's the, the good, good word in Texas, man? What's the good word in Texas? The good word is thunderstorms. The good word is beautiful weather, but it's about to get death hot. Yeah, I was going to say, has it hit 90 degrees yet? One time for one day, and then it went away. But it's about to. that's about to be the normal for sure. We were flirting with it the other week a little bit. I'm not ready for it quite yet, but we got to enjoy a couple, couple days in the neighbor's pool. Uh, so mm. I'm gonna, I'm gonna choose to be grateful today, Ben, and just remember Thank that we, we got the neighbor's pool. Well, well, Ben, I know we we missed a couple, couple weeks here. The last episode, I mentioned that I was ready for the NFL draft this year. I'm gonna say it lived up to the hype a little bit. At least round one it was pretty fun. I don't know if you watched it at all. No complaints there, really. I don't watch the draft. I find it very boring. I don't get hyped about it. Um, I, I imagine you were the opposite. A little bit, at least for the first round. I love to to at least get through the first round, see all the families, see players like getting in trouble with their moms for kissing their girlfriend first and, and not <laughs> the mom. Those are always hilarious. So I do love those. Um, but you have the great idea of of talking about some of the, the biggest draft busts from the past. And while we were talking the trend was a lot of quarterbacks, I think. So yeah. guys like Johnny Manziel, Vince Young, I think was up. Oh, not Vince Young. Uh, I, I believe he prefers Money Manziel. Money Manziel, yep. Or something uh, like that. I said the entire 2002 quarterback class. That's guys like Joey Harrington, Eric Crouch, the uh, the Heisman winner. That I think he was mm. drafted as a receiver or something like that. But got me thinking as I was watching that first round of the draft, I was thinking like, man – one of these top, what, five or six QBs that were drafted pretty early, one of them's bound to be a bust, right? Like they can't- One or be, more. Yeah, they can't all be great. So I was thinking out of those top QBs, who would you say you see as the biggest bust and maybe why? Oh, if you need some man. time to think about that one. Yeah, why don't you, why don't you answer that first? I, I have thought about this and there's a few reasons why I think this quarterback is going to be the biggest bust. Uh, mainly because of the team that he went to and mainly because of the college that he came from. So if that's any clues for you guys, uh, I'm going to give you a second to, to take any guesses. That would be Justin Fields. Justin Fields. There it is. Good job. Uh, Justin Fields coming from Ohio State. Ohio State quarterbacks have traditionally all been pretty big busts in the NFL. And going to the Bears, I mean – they don't hold on to too many great quarterbacks anymore. So I'm going to say Justin Fields is maybe going to be the biggest bust out of this year's uh, quarterback draft class. Is, is Trevor Lawrence going to live up to the hype? You know, that was actually going to be, I think, my, my second bust. I heard he hasn't lost a game in his life. Or something like that, or lost. Yeah, a play some some crazy life. stuff. He hasn't lost a regular season game in his life. So yeah, unless the the Jaguars go seventeen and zero, he's going to lose his first ever regular season game. Which is speaking bananas. of Jaguars, speaking of Jaguars, it's Tebow time, folks. Amen. Tim brother. Tebow is back. He's playing football with the Jags. Well, hopefully, <laughs> still got to make the team, right? I guess. Did were you a fan of him when he was, you know, in his little two minutes of Bronco fame? Oh, I mean, I I've loved him his whole career. I don't I don't love like the the cheesy 
Christian side of him. I like, I don't doubt that he's a, a true believer or anything like that, but a lot of that, like, like a lot of those right now, media videos that we get some of the books. Yeah. I'm like, okay, just, I mean, whatever. Yeah. My problem was, is that people said I should support him because he's a Christian. But my problem with that is sports in general, because he didn't play for the Dallas Cowboys. So I want him to lose no matter what, like, I don't care if he, I'm glad he loves Jesus. I'll worship alongside him on Sunday morning, but sports wise, I don't, I don't care what happens. Oh man. You sound a little bitter. I did see something today that like Dak Prescott is like the fourth or fifth highest paid professional athlete. So well, money's like, never Con- been Connor an, McGregor's in, up there, but money's never been an issue for the Cowboys. So well, you know, take that stat with a grain of Jerry Jones, if you will. Well, I was impressed. I mean, more power to Dak if you can get a paycheck like that. But um, agreed. So, any other sports things that that you saw this week that you want to hit on? I got one that I, I that this had me rolling. But you got anything else? Uh, I'll just real quick. Uh, we mentioned this a couple weeks back, but make sure you Google um, Thor Bjornson. We mentioned this that he's going to be boxing in a boxing match coming up, and uh, just look at some before and after pictures because he has. He was, I mean, he was always huge, just freak of nature, you know, strongest man type stuff. But now he's like leaned up and like gotten super trim and just more scary looking. Uh, Definitely worth a a Google search. That is pretty crazy. I I was a little freaked out looking at that, Uh, but it's encouraging, man. He's still a massive human being. Yeah. But now he's just a very shredded, massive human being. Yeah. The the thing I want to just talk about, and uh, hopefully I don't get censored here. But I was scrolling through Twitter last week, I think, and came across this little clip of some Russian hockey. Upon closer review, I see Vladimir Putin is playing hockey. It's like a legit hockey game. They got referees, fans, everything, whole nine yards. Well, that's a horrible um, thing to say in a hockey. But anyway, so he's playing hockey. And I think the tweet said something about – these guys are playing defense like their life depends on it because it actually does. And just mm-hmm. watching these dudes and not even playing defense, but like intentionally not playing defense to let this old man score. I think he had eight goals is what it said. They, they won like they won like 11 to eight and he had eight goals, something, something crazy. But just seeing these guys just let him let this old man blow by him so he can <laughs> score goals was hilarious. I'm like, it's, it's a shame that, uh, they have to endure that, but it made for some good, good comedic relief. So Joe Biden is actually going to be doing the same thing just to keep up appearances, uh, with the world leaders. So be on the lookout for that shirtless horseback rides as well. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. It's going to be perfect. All right, team. Well, <laughs> if there's, there's no better way to kick a podcast off than talking about shirtless presidents and leaders of state. Mm. But, uh, when we come back, we'll be talking about dealing with emotions. So, Go ahead and hit pause right now, grab some tissues, and then mm-hmm. come back and shed some tears with us. All right, Ben, I got a question for you. You ready? Hit me. When's the last time you cried? Uh, I was The last time I cried was when I was watching an episode of Bluey uh, from um, the first season, I believe. Because there's two seasons now. I don't know if you know that. Uh, it's, I'm not going to go and explain the whole episode, but it was beautiful. It caught me by surprise. And, uh, you know, I'll admit it. I, I, shed, I shed some tears. 
why what caught you by surprise you know it <laughs> okay fine i'll get into it it was just an episode where they kind of flash floor there's bluey playing as a kid bluey's a little blue dog by the way from australia uh check it out great cartoon and then they flash forward and she's an adult and it, the whole story ties in and it's very just a very beautiful picture of life and love and it just got me okay oh, that whole seven minute uh episode got to you huh i'll send it to you man it's good <laughs> well i mean i'm not gonna lie so i'm i'm wearing this disney, disney. shirt today all disney all day not too long ago i don't know if you've seen this disney came out with a commercial where this dad was watching a video of his little girl, like running around in front of the castle, meeting Cinderella, giving her this big hug. And then the camera pulls back to show her all grown up and she's heading off to college and, and dad's just sitting on her bed, like bawling, bawling his eyes out. And she's saying, come on, dad, it's time to go. And he's just so sad. His little girl, like this once little girl is now leaving the house and that commercial kisses. that will get to me every single time so awesome. i can't wait for that day uh but all right anyway glad we got that out of the way um but one of the things about our emotions is that i think when i think about it sometimes they can be good like good happy emotions and then they can also be those angry uh hurtful or painful emotions and all of us deal with those like i don't know what you're experiencing with bluey but i know Recently, you've had some painful emotions that that you and your family have gone through, and and you and I deal with them, just like our our six kids deal with them, yep. sort of to an extent. So today we're gonna we're gonna dive into how to deal with these emotions that we often find ourselves sort of stuck in the middle of as dads at times. So first, Ben, I want to talk about the what the difference is between how our culture views emotions, especially from the perspective of a dad. I think we're kind of fed different things than maybe moms are and uh, how the Bible views, views emotions. So is there anything that you notice as a dad about how the world says we should deal with our emotions? Well, um, let me just say this right now. Uh, I was talking to a friend of mine um, and I came up with this phrase. And if you watch any sort of TV right now on any major TV channel, it is filled with emotional pornography. Explain. It's kind of it's kind of a spicy word, huh? Seems like it. All I'm saying is uh, there's a ton of TV shows from This Is Us to all the any number of the Chicago cop, fireman, hospital shows, Grey's Anatomy and the like. They just put these characters through the worst possible situations in order to draw out all the emotion, all the sadness all the love, all the everything, but but to an unhealthy level, I would say, um, just to go over the top on any emotion that there is, because people love to feel, they love to get into the drama of things. And I'm not even saying it's all bad. I'm just saying it's just, it's oversaturated uh, emotional entertainment, if you will. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, you get invested for sure when Absolutely. Your emotions are invested. It's not just this uh, passive kind of show that you're watching. Like you're really invested in this now. Right. And it's not bad. I mean, the Bible is full of uh, emotions being expressed from the Psalms 
you know, we have lamenting in the Psalms. We have celebration in the Psalms. We have Jesus crying. We have Jesus um, uh, uh, loving and uh, enjoying his relationships with his friends and his disciples. So the Bible's full of emotions. Emotions themselves are not a bad thing. It's just how we choose to express them, how we choose to let them um, kind of control our lives, if you will. Yeah, I find often the world is telling us, uh, especially as dads, that these joyful emotions uh, are a sign of weakness as a dad. So mm. like, if you get teary watching Bluey or if I'm getting choked up, like seeing this Disney commercial uh, or like just imagining walking your daughters down the aisle or something like that, the world's telling us, oh, you're a soft dad because you can't control your emotions like that. So they're, mm. they're kind of telling us that we need to be these strong providers for our family and, and that in order to do that, we have to just let these things sort of roll off our shoulders a bit and we can't be affected by things. Or if we are like, we surely can't show it as, as men and as dads, unless it's anger, because like, that's a manly thing, a manly emotion to express is, is anger. Sure. So just this twisted view of, of kind of like what's okay to express uh, as your emotions and, and what's not. And, I personally tend to use some sarcasm and humor to deflect and, and not have to deal with my emotions at all. I'm sure you could probably relate to that a little bit. And so, I, yeah, I guess we're, we're just given this messed up view of how men are supposed to handle emotions that we end up kind of building a wall between people, between us and other people many times and losing out on deepening those relationships. So yeah. the alternative, I guess, is, is then kind of what you were mentioning is what we see in God's word when it comes to dealing with emotion. So I know you listed some, you have any other examples from scripture that kind of encourage us as believers who are emotional people? Uh, from scriptures. I mean, I, I am a, a worship leader at a church. And so I often go to the Psalms and we see the psalmist. Um, I cried out to the Lord and he heard me um, talking about his tears. God knows our tears. Um, there's, there's a, when I'm afraid, I will trust in you and God's who's in God, whose word I praise in God, I trust. So there's fear, there's sadness. Um, uh, the Psalms of Ascent are full of celebration and uh, just looking forward and loving um, God's people, God's word. Um, so I think it's just, it's full of examples like that. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking too, is that there's a lot of those some of those negative emotions in the Psalms are not even negative really, but just those honest kind of raw moments from uh, the writers in the Psalms, whether that's David or, or somebody else writing. And then a lot of times we see, like you said, that they're ultimately trusting that the Lord is, is going to act. So their, their reaction to some of those emotions ends up being one of those biblical reactions where they're trusting that the Lord is going to act. They're not just letting their feelings kind of dictate how they're, how they're going to act, but they know like, okay, I've, I've seen the Lord act. I know he's going to act again and having that, that faithfulness in the back of their mind. So see that a lot in the Psalms. And uh, I think you mentioned too, there's those emotions of Jesus, the, the righteous anger in the temple courts, um, the, the mourning of the death of Lazarus, the painful weeping that we see in the garden of Gethsemane before he knows he's, he's going to be going to the cross. So uh, like you said, we know that emotions are biblical. They're right to have, but it's our response to those feelings that determine whether or not we're being sinful or, or disobedient during those times. So, I mean, between the two of us, we've got, we've got a lot of kids. I think one just snuck down here too, with a lot of different emotions throughout the day. And there she is. Hey, you. 
Oh, we got sweet pom-poms from the dollar store. Pom-poms. Check it out. Are you about to yell at your kid on this podcast? Get out of here, kid. I'm doing a podcast about being a dad to kids. No, but those uh, those pom-poms are going to cause some fights, I know for sure. <laughs> um, all right. Sorry for the distraction. Not a distraction. Sorry for the, the cute interruption. Mm. Like I was saying, between the two of us, we've got a lot of kids. Um, a lot of different emotions throughout the day. I'm sure. I mean, you deal deal with it fourfold. I have just two kids that I have to deal with. I can imagine in your home. In fact, I've seen it with my own eyes that those emotions in in your home too can 100% dictate the feel of the room and just set the tone for the day too. So one minute, everything is rainbows and butterflies. The kids are all like angels playing together peacefully, best friends in the world. And then out of left field, see, there's a little sports analogy for you I like at left field something happens to just sort of set off the entire room whether that's josiah missing a shoe and the world is ending because of it and then that just sets off a chain reaction whatever it is uh, that happens i've i've heard it talked about like the difference between a, a thermometer and a thermostat you know where i'm going with that where yep a thermometer is just used to read the temperature of something whereas a thermostat like you're actually you're using that to adjust and set the temperature based on how the room feels. So how I'm sort of thinking about this and, and help me out here is uh, how, how can we as dads then help set that temperature in the room, like a thermostat, instead of merely just reading the temperature of the room, like a thermometer. Cause I find myself just sort of being the thermometer most of the time instead of being the thermostat. So how can we be more active instead of reactive? Uh, you know, a couple things. One is, uh, I assume that my kids, um, that are going to be kids. So right now, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to head home from work on any given day. And I assume that when I walk in the door, the kids are going are, are crazy. They're going to be either, you know, best case scenario, they're just playing and being goofy and running around. And so the biggest drama is getting them to wash hands to come and sit down for dinner. Worst case scenario, they're yelling and screaming. There's poopy diapers. Someone's hurt. Someone's angry. Either way, it's a cause for stress. If I'm going in thinking, oh, I'm ready to go lay down. I'm ready to go rest. I'm about, I've clocked out of my work day. There's no more work left to be done. And so I come in with my own unmet expectation of my children. And so if I can come in knowing their emotions are all over the place just because they're kids, I can come in with a steady heart, steady mind, ready to take on another task that is uh, managing with ma- managing my kids, engaging with my kids, uh, helping out my wife. Because I think sometimes that expectation of sit down and shut up uh, is never a thing. But when you expect that, then you're just upset all the time that you don't have a quiet house anymore. But you did the deed, my friend. You made the kid. You pay the consequences. And the consequence is you get to be a dad. It's a good consequence. I mean, your kids also have not been at work with you all day. So when they yep. see you, like they haven't had the whole day with you where like you're, if you come in guns a blazing like that and you're just like you in that corner, you in that corner, sit down, don't be, or don't say anything, be quiet. Like you're just going to be known as that dad who is, uh, the big fun sucker and you bring no, no joy to the home, which isn't uh, probably what you're going for either. And we've got girls that are 
kind of on opposite ends of the spectrum. So one of them tends, I won't name any names here. One (laughs) tends to deal with her emotions by just smacking you in the head and moving on. And like, that's how she just handled it. And then one tends to deal with her emotions by slouching over, dropping her head, walking away, just doing the whole pouty thing. And, um, even the other day, I just knew it was going to be one of those days where it's constant whining, crying, arguing, fighting. We've already blown it big time just by, uh, the way that we wake up and handle things, but we can usually see these things coming and, step in and stop it but then i feel like kind of like you coming home at the end of the work day i just feel like i'm suppressing their emotions and not letting them really work through it in a biblical way i'm just trying to keep them quiet keep a peaceful house and uh kind of in a selfish way like i want quiet right now so you need to be quiet right now uh, but i think one of the best rules of thumbs that i've i've kind of heard and I've, I've tried to implement a little bit don't do it very well is no matter what the emotion so whether that's fear or sadness or even joy like no matter what the emotion is taking that emotion to the lord in prayer and either asking for his peace or giving him praise based on what that emotion is so just knowing that however they're feeling like you can take that thing to the lord and uh, ask for that peace or or give him praise whatever that may be but kind of begs the question too when you get maybe not when you just get home from work but um, when you're dealing with your kids during the day, you ever think about just letting your kids try to figure it out themselves? Like you, you walk into the house, and you're like, I'm out, I'm going to, I'm going to peace out. <laughs> you guys figure this out. I'll come back in five minutes. See if anyone's still standing. Uh, you ever uh, just let them figure that out? Maybe not quite that extreme, but with my older girls who are nine and eight, uh, you know, they are, they can argue about any number of petty things. And so there are times if I think it's appropriate, I'll say, you know, the, go back to your room and y'all need to work it out. You can't come out of your room until it's worked out. So you're upset for this. You're upset for that. Go talk it out. You need to figure it out because I can't help you with this. Because either A, you know, one, they need to learn how to work things out with each other. And two, they get upset about dumb stuff, man. And so I can't go in as if I'm, you know, King Solomon, you know, working things out with, you know, you know, the story of the baby and the, you know, the famous story of King Solomon where he oh, yeah. has to cut the baby in half. Split him in half. Yeah, I don't got time for that, man. Like, You don't have time to cut your babies in half? No, no, no. There's too much stuff to do. So go go figure it out in your room. And they usually do, even if they come out like eye rolling and like upset, at least some sort of agreement has come to come has happened. So that that's 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 that's, that's a varying success. So, you know, you have to. Use your judgment on that one. Have you guys watched the Mighty Ducks show at all? Yes. Did you watch the one last Friday? Um, I, I haven't seen it yet, no. Okay, well, I'm going to just go ahead and spoil some things because it's not really that big of a spoiler. But anyway, the the main character, Evan, he got cut from the Ducks, uh, started his own team, the no, the Don't Bothers, and then eventually the, the, the Ducks come calling back and they're like, hey, we got an open spot come to one practice, man. And then he shows up to one practice, find the don't bother's team finds out. They're like all upset that he went and he's a traitor whatever. Anyway, his mom, who's also the coach, who's also, I believe Lorelai from Gilmore girls. Is that right? Girls. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know my characters, but anyway, she throws the whole team into the locker room, locks the door. And she's like, you guys figure it out in there. That's kind of how I imagine 
your house being where you just kind of throw them in the, in the room, lock the door. And it's hard as parents. Cause you, you want to step in and be like, all right, I got this. Like, I want to help you work through these things, but your kids are also getting old enough or your girls at least are getting old enough where they can work it out themselves too. So I was interested to see how the Garcia house worked with that one. Well, and if I believe, so both of my girls have made decisions to trust Jesus for salvation or, or if you want to say old school, they, they ask Jesus into their heart, you know, they are Christians. So I have to give them opportunities to practice um, forgiveness and grace and patience with one another. Uh, just reminded me of the verse in Ephesians, Ephesians 6. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. And so if I'm constantly just yelling at them, telling them what to do and how dumb they are for fighting over who borrowed someone else's pants without asking, like I'm not giving them the opportunity to work out some of those emotions and uh, things that they know is right on their own. And so I think when, when given the opportunity, it's, it's good to let them work it out. Do you see a difference between how you deal with the emotions of Nora and Adeline uh, versus how you deal with the emotions of Leo and Josiah? I mean, obviously different ages too, different maturity levels, but also boys and girls. Is there any difference there, how you deal with those emotions? Uh, I think, um, <clears throat> I think the idea that girls are more emotional than boys is, this is going to make me sound like super, like, I don't know, liberal, I don't know, whatever. That, that's not the truth. Everyone has emotions. Like I have two girls. They both express their emotions differently. I have two boys and they are the, I mean, they're, they're little, they're four and two. So they are huge emotions, big love, big hugs, big laughter. And then like screaming tantrum oh, yeah. crying. Like everyone has emotions. You and I have the same emotions that our wives have. We just express them differently. And so it's just, uh, I think it's just, seeking relationship with all of them so that you're better able to know, oh, Adeline, she's more cut and dry, black and white. Nora's a little bit more of a feeler, like wants to know the why of what's going on. So it's not just a, it's not just a boy girl type of thing. It's, it's more of a person to person individual aspect. Yeah, I get that. I mean, even we just have two girls and uh, maybe it'll stay that way. <laughs> I don't want a boy. I don't know if I can deal with a boy in this house, but uh, I just see it between the two of them too, how there's there's a big difference between how we deal with the emotions of Grace and how we deal with the emotions of Riley. So I can imagine with four of those, it's it's the same kind of thing where they're all their own indiv individual person. So you're going to deal with those emotions differently. But all right, we're going to take it back a little bit to baby Ben days. Maybe not baby Ben days, but, you know, preteen time when you can remember a little bit uh how do you how do you feel that the way you were raised has contributed to how you treat your kids i know that can be a deep deep question too so feel uh, free to cry yeah. man feel free to cry we're, we're talking about emotion. <laughs> you know i would say my parents were were strict parents not overly strict just normal strict uh, you know, they were they had a hand in what we watched, what we played with, who we played with, who we spent the night with. There was quick consequences. Uh, you know, we had spankings growing up, but we also had grounding and stuff like that. So 
discipline was a, was the thing. I think, um, I think for myself now, I just try to uh, borrow from it, but at the same time, I think I'm leaning in more on the explaining the why of what happened. Not that my parents never did, but I think I wanted up up the ante even more in that this is why you're in trouble. This is why this consequence is what it is. Or you're getting mad at me as if the consequence was bad and I haven't even given you any consequence. We're just talking. <laughs> like, don't don't side-eye me. Yeah. The consequence could have been worse, but because of grace, I'm going to let you slide on this one. You know, like just talking that kind of stuff out, I think is where I have kind of pivoted from how my parents raised me. Um, but what about you? How How have you made it your own raising yeah. these kids i was gonna say that's that's pretty good that you're it seems like you're building upon kind of that foundation that your parents gave you but not really in as a as like parenting advice you just kind of lived through that so i i find that I, i'm kind of doing the same thing as well my dad i think he tends to internalize a lot of his emotions and busies himself with work when dealing with emotions um, so I think when we told them that we were pregnant with grace, I'm pretty sure he just got up and started washing the dishes. And that's kind of like how he was able to, to process what he just heard. He doesn't really live in the moment too much, uh, with those emotions, just kind of retreats a little bit and, and busies himself with work. And I, I've seen that I can kind of bend toward that as well, where I'd rather just ignore emotional things or downplay my kids' emotions too and, and tell them to just get over it or suck it up and and not once in my five years, almost five years of parenting has that actually worked, I don't think. Um, and my goal in that, kind of like we were talking about before, is basically just to get the crying to stop as soon as possible mm. so I'm not bothered anymore. And I fail to miss those key discipleship opportunities like you were talking about, explaining the why. I just had a, a moment with I'll, uh, I'll say one of my kids, it's going to be obvious who it is that I had this conversation with, but, um, she scratched her sister. And then I asked if she scratched her sister and she said, no lied to me. And I'm like, um, this scratch mark on her back kind of makes it seem like you did. And then it eventually came out. Like we were having a conversation. She's saying, well, I mean, I was scared that I was going to get a spanking for scratching her. And then it's just this big, opportunity to explain you were right bam (laughs) (laughs) yeah didn't have any time to explain no just explaining like almost those two wrongs don't make a right kind of thing i didn't say that but explaining why we don't lie and knowing that like hey there's gonna be consequences to things i'm glad you you know that but covering it up with a lie isn't making that any better so we want to be people of integrity people who tell the truth um, but yeah, it's those, those discipleship opportunities that I feel like I miss out on sometimes. And I'm glad you're building upon that and taking those opportunities to, to dig into the why of your discipline too. Yeah. Every time without, without fail, I make no mistakes, uh, if at all possible. So, you know, just this perfect parenting over here in the Garcia house. Seems like it. Well, this is your time to shine Ben <laughs> and just, and give us, uh, the best parenting advice when we're dealing with our kids' emotions, but what would you say is the ultimate goal then as dads when we're dealing with our kids' emotions? You know, recently, you alluded to this earlier, but recently I um, 
my family had a big loss in our family and uh, a big death in our family. And uh, so I, uh, I am not a crier, but all of a sudden I was crying a ton and um, it freaked my kids out, dude. Like, especially my girls who are older and able to process it a little bit. Um, but the way they handled it was by being really rude to me. So like, you know, say we'll use the bluey example. I'm crying and my oldest, who's a little bit more cold sometimes, she'll be like, oh man, are the grownups crying again? I hate it when grownups cry. Oh boy. Which takes me right off and gets me all out of my feels in the moment. Um, but I say, I say all to say is like, I realize that I don't, I don't show emotion on, on a regular basis. I don't allow myself to, but what I'm learning is by them seeing me express my own emotions, um, they are learning by watching me how to handle it, that it's okay to cry. My, my oldest, she, she is just really uncomfortable with tears and just really any emotion. She just gets very physically um, uncomfortable when we're watching a movie and there's a sad moment, she like looks away, like she doesn't want to feel it. And so I could perpetuate that by that's my propensity as well. Like mm -hmm. I don't want to feel it either. I don't want to be sad, which is probably why I hate shows like this is us and parenthood and all that stuff. Cause I don't want to go there. Like right. that's not entertainment for me, but if she can see me expressing it in a healthy way, even see me express it and seeing, uh, or, or whether me or my wife are expressing it, seeing us kind of console each other, seeing what it looks like to comfort and be patient with someone else. They're seeing that modeled and hopefully, you know, some of that catches on um, in how they feel to express it themselves in a positive way. Yeah, that's good. I've heard it said that uh, God designed our emotions to be gauges, not guides. So like the, the joy, the fear, the anger, the sadness, all those emotions that we feel they all show us, they're showing us what we value and our emotions are flowing, not they're, they're flowing from what we love and worship. So as dads, like all I can think of using, using the emotions of our kids as a gauge to where we can identify what they're worshiping and teach them then how to worship and enjoy the Lord in the midst of these emotions that they're feeling. And I mean, gut check for us too, when we're dealing with our emotions, that's kind of revealing our hearts, what we're worshiping. And are we allowing that to point yeah. us to the Lord and our dependence on him? Um, so ultimately knowing that, that God's our perfect example of how to deal with these emotions. And we want to seek to be imitators of him. I was trying to explain this to you before the, uh, the feelings train that pastor Jeff is train. That's been coming up quite a bit in, in our sermon series uh, about transforming our thinking. But the, the idea being that uh, we don't want our feelings to propel us and drive us forward. Like we want to, we want our biblical understanding of who God is to be, to be driving us. So asking ourselves and our kids, are we trusting in our emotions and what we feel? Or are we going to trust in the truth that we find mm. in God's word? So that's kind of when I'm thinking about dealing with our, our emotions, that's what I'm seeing as my goal as a dad is uh, showing our kids what they're worshiping, who they can and should be worshiping and, um, and allowing or encouraging them to trust in the truth of God's word and not always in our emotions and our feelings. That's good. 
Well, stick with us. We're going to wrap this up when we come back with, uh, I think we just got some quality dad wins today. No big dad fails yet. We'll get to that soon though. So then I'm going to jump in, uh, right, right away and just go for a dad win from uh, the past couple of weeks. And then we'll see what you've got. But I mentioned before the other week, it was getting close to 90 degrees. We got to spend a couple, couple fun days in our neighbor's pool. They, okay. They, they love our, they absolutely love our girls, basically treat them like granddaughters and have been <laughs> super generous with letting us use their pool over the past few years. Um, well, this is kind of a dad fail. Gosh, I'm full of dad fails now, but the other day, uh, this isn't my dad feel. I'm just going to explain this cause I have time to, and I want to, we got some new swimsuits for the girls and they really wanted to try them on and try them out. It's pretty cold day. It was like 60 degrees, which is relatively cold to be outside in a swimsuit, but yeah. I turned the sprinkler on. They were playing in there freezing, freezing. It was windy. Anyway, our neighbors drive by. They roll the window down. They're like, hey, we got the heater on the pool. Come on over. So, okay. That was a, a lifesaver. Kind of saved the day there for me. And that was so, the neighbor, the neighbor win covered up the dad fail. That's exactly what it was. But we're going to mask it as a dad win. Anyway, <laughs> that's, that's not what my dad win is for this week. But uh, anyway, so they opened, their other, the, they opened their pool the other week. And we've gotten a couple nice days in the pool, obviously. <laughs> some not so nice days. But any day in the pool is a good day. And uh, so... This year, th this is the year that like Grace is finally learning how to swim. We're super excited about, th about that. She's doing a great job. Um, and my goal for her was to jump off this raised hot tub that they have into the pool. It's nothing crazy. It's maybe like two to three feet off the, like the surface of the water. But Grace is not a risk taker by any means. She's last year, it was like, no, I'm going to sit here on the tanning ledge and that's about it. So my goal, I thought this is a huge goal was to get her to jump off this hot tub. Um, I'm sure you know where this is heading, but day one at the pool, she just follows our neighbor right to the top of the hot tub. Doesn't even give a three count and jumps right in. Hey, had a girl. So I was of course a, uh, a proud dad that that's week. Awesome. And I guess I need to learn how to set some better goals for grace, but that was definitely a dad win for me. Sweet. Uh, my dad win is um, my four-year-old. I just thought of this. He's riding a bike without training wheels. Hot dang. Uh, Leo. It, he, he just decided one day, one of his, one of his training wheels was kind of out of whack. And so I was going to fix it. And I was like, Hey bud, you want to try it without it? And we had tried it a few times. We'd practiced, but he, he's like, once after falling a few times, he's like, no, 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 no. Put him back on. I'm not, I'm not doing this. But then the other day he's like, yeah, take him off. Gave him a push. And he's like off. Like it just clicked. He like rode around our little like park that we have next to our house. And he's flying, man. He's, you wouldn't even known that he just learned. He's just, he's killing it. So that's three out of four kids that I've taught to ride a bike. I feel pretty proud about that. And uh, he's he's got this sweet Spider-Man helmet. And he looks like a champ out there <laughs> flying around on his bike, which is named Turbo, by the way. Um, so, yeah, that's my dad win. I, ha I had a different one, but I think that one's better. That is good, man. 
I always love seeing the kids in our cul-de-sac riding their bikes. We we've had grace on a balance bike for all you know what those are basically the strider bike thing. And yeah. she was cruising on that thing and we got her a bike with pedals and we're like, okay, this maybe going to take a, a few days to, for her to get used to it. But she's just keeps going back to that, that balance bike and just loves flying on that thing. One of these days, maybe we'll have to fly you up to Virginia, do a little uh, Ben Garcia <laughs> intensive, a little biking intensive and see if she can pick no, it up. Le- Leo had one of those too, which is what, what made me want to get him the bike is because he would basically be balancing on the little, the little, what's it called again? The glider bike? Yes. A strider bike. Strider bike. Yeah. So yeah, there's hope. It'll happen. Feet, feet in the air, jumping off curbs, doing all the crazy stuff, man. Yeah. That's how it goes. Well, that's awesome. That's always a dad win. One day I'll get there. I don't know. Anyway. Well, folks, that's, uh, that's it for today's episode. I know this is kind of a hard and frustrating topic at times. So I just want to encourage you with, with some of those goals that we have as dads, like pointing our kids to the Lord, teaching them to trust in his word, uh, using those moments to disciple your kids and, and point them to Christ. So hope everyone enjoyed the NFL draft. Go look for that Vladimir Putin video on YouTube. It's a classic. It's going to go down in history. Uh, but until then, have a great week. And let's go get those wins up. 